Welcome to the CJOB Sports Show podcast. In this episode, we visit with Murata Tesh of The Athletic because the Winnipeg Jets have finally clinched a playoff spot. So what now? Who should they want to face in round one? How much noise can they make in the playoffs? We'll talk about that. Plus, Connor Geeky of the Winnipeg Ice joins us to preview round two of the WHL playoffs as they take on Moose Jaw starting on Friday night. That's all coming up on the podcast. At long last, the win over the Wild last night as we welcome in Murat Atesh of The Athletic. Murat, was there ever any doubt for you over the last couple months that the Jets would clinch a playoff spot? I don't think that there was doubt that creeped into the point of reality. You looked at Winnipeg's schedule and you saw that it got a little bit soft just in time in April. And you also liked that Winnipeg played against the teams that were trying to pass it in terms of Calgary. And I know that that's an opportunity that didn't work out, but Nashville as well. So I think Winnipeg had done itself such a big favor in the first half of the season that I never foresaw the slide all of the way out. The big question for me was what were they going to look like when they squeaked in? And, you know, I think it's been nice to see that they've, they found a much better level to their play in the last couple of weeks than what came before it. And so the question remains now for for observers, can they bottle this up and do this against a team like Vegas or Edmonton, who's going to be a much different challenge than what they've faced recently, right? Yeah, it's going to be a different challenge for sure. There's no way around it. Winnipeg is going to be an underdog against whoever it plays in the first round. Odds seem to favor that it's going to be Vegas. It still could be Edmonton. Both of those teams are tremendous, having tremendous seasons as well. I think the Edmonton Oilers are probably the bigger challenge uh, right now with Connor McDavid playing as well as he has. And that team finally finding depth that's been missing for a lot of years. Stuart Skinner emerging in that as well. Whereas the Vegas Golden Knights, a lot of their metrics are actually in line with Winnipeg's um, regulation wins. Vegas has 37. Winnipeg has 36. Uh, some of the five on five metrics in terms of shot attempts and expected goals pretty much right in line with the Winnipeg Jets as well. So I'm not saying that Winnipeg would be favored, but I think that they'd be in it, especially with Connor Hellebuck playing as well as he did in the clinching effort against Minnesota. So I was going to ask you, who do you think the Jets would rather face? And it seems clear that the answer to that is Vegas. For me, it's 100% Vegas. Yeah, both teams, there's rivalries in recent playoffs. Vegas, obviously a new team. You can't point back to the 80s, two teams hating each other as with Edmonton and Winnipeg. However, um, you know, Winnipeg has that recent sweep over Edmonton to point two that, you know, exercised a lot of demons for a lot of listeners to your show and readers for me as well. Um, I think that the Edmonton Oilers have become a much stronger team in that time in between adding Matthias Ekholm at the deadline was a major, major help. You know, former Jet Evander Kane has fit in really well there as well. Zach Hyman has cemented, you know, a top six that's become almost a top nine. And that's what Edmonton had been missing for so long. Vegas, they have some injury problems. Mark Stone, Winnipegger, tremendous player. Not sure exactly how ready he's going to be. Uh, they sort of had different points of stumble over the course of the season. Goaltending is a question mark. And I think that that's one, you know, revenge for 2018 would be right up Winnipeg's alley. So as we look ahead to the playoffs then, not knowing who they're going to face, but we could still we still know who the, is on the Jets roster uh, looking at the last couple weeks, obviously Connor Hellebuck's play has been fantastic, but the move of Mark Shifley to the wing and the current iteration of the top nine, do you think that that's one of the top reasons why they've been able to get in? 
I think that's been an enormous reason. And, you know, you can just think back to two days before that sh- that shift was made. Um, Rick Bonus talking to reporters, including myself in San Jose, saying, you know what, I'm trying to find solutions here. I'm trying to find Nikolai Ehlers more minutes, for example. Um, you know, the Jets weren't scoring, and there seemed to be mixed messages based on how that they should do that. Well, he solves that problem, both of them, by moving Shifley to wing. Now Shifley and Connor can wheel offensively while Pierre-Luc Dubois plays a more responsible game down low. And yes, Shifley takes face-offs on the right side from time to time, but he and Kyle Connor get the green light to fly the zone, look for stretch passes, because Pierre-Luc Dubois has the center slot covered. I think that has been an enormous shift, and um, I think the numbers are 8-3. Winnipeg has outscored other teams 8-3 with those guys on the ice so far. That's substantial. Uh, meanwhile, that shift allows Nikolai Ehlers to jump into the top six um, and play those minutes as well as onto the number one power play unit. That's something that Rick Bonus shifted at the exact same time, and Ehlers has been one of Winnipeg's best players down the stretch. His line with Nemesnikov and Blake Wheeler also outscoring teams tremendously. And then, of course, Nino Niederreiter on that third line. I think Winnipeg has found the solution that it needed in terms of top nine offense, defense, depth, all of it. The fit has been great. And even when Winnipeg flagged against Calgary last week, they had the opportunity to really push Calgary down, didn't close out that game. Rick Bonus didn't panic, and he kept those lines that are working together and kept getting results from them. How much of it as well has been... I, at least for me, I, it just seemed like they were hungrier. And I, I know that's an intangible and that can be a cliche, but it just seemed like they were working harder. Once the goal started to go in, it seemed like the, the, the big guns on the team seemed more committed defensively. Did you see anything like that? Oh, I definitely agree with you on that, Christian. I think that that game against Nashville, sort of the answer game after losing to Calgary as they had, you know, you saw a second period that was utterly dominant from the Winnipeg Jets. And not only that, it wasn't necessarily all skill that was dominating. You could go from top to bottom of the lineup, as I did in an article at The Athletic, and point out a desperate play that helped win a 50-50 battle, keep a puck in the zone, get a puck towards the net, get some space in front of the net, made by almost every single player. And I dare say every single player, just the fourth line didn't get as many minutes during that stretch. Um, Winnipeg was chaining shifts together in the offensive zone. And a part of that was sheer desperation. Back checks that turned the other, Nashville's breakout into a, another Jets shift in the offensive zone. Face-offs won, nets crashed, board battles won, diving plays to keep pucks in the zone. You really like what you see from the Winnipeg Jets when their backs are against the wall and there's a desperate version of them on display. And I think that it was a vindication for the first half where an injured group had so much success. And it was also vindication for fans who kept looking at the roster and saying, hey, we have so many good players. Why aren't we winning? Well, when you play like that, I mean, Winnipeg's going to get some wins. We were darn near writing the eulogy for this team two weeks ago after that San Jose game. And now they go five and one in their last six. Do you still feel that some of the criticisms of the team at that time where it looks like, okay, even if they make the playoffs and squeak in, we're going to, you know, they should blow it up. Do you think that's still valid? Do you think we should wait to see what happens? I think that 2024 uh, is a ticking clock for the Winnipeg Jets, no matter what. And the idea that Winnipeg has squeaked into the first round of the playoffs 
we'll see what happens and what they're capable of. Absolutely, we will. And it could be a phenomenal run. We don't know that from here and now. But we do know that the season that they put together, where they have the opportunity to be front runners and weren't able to consolidate that, combine that with a recent history, missing the playoffs last year, 2024, unrestricted free agency ahead for Blake Wheeler, Mark Shifley, Connor Hellebuck, if you don't extend those guys, Nino Niederreiter, Brendan Dillon, Dillon DeMello, and then, of course, Pierre-Luc Dubois could join them as well by signing a one-year contract this summer, which he has the power to do. That's a ticking clock that makes this summer critical in Winnipeg Jets' future planning. And I think that there is an appetite to move on from some members of the core, regardless of how well that they do. And that's partly... You know, a criticism of, okay, this is as far as they've been able to take the team. They missed the playoffs last year. They squeaked in now. But it's also a recognition of where they are at in their career. And it's a good reason to celebrate this playoff run for whatever it becomes. Because some of your favorite players might not be Winnipeg Jets next year. And that's all right. That's a challenge True North is going to have to face. What have you thought of the scoring prowess of this third line right now? And is it sustainable? Because obviously depth scoring was a, a huge issue for this team for a lot of the season. Are they just on a bit of a, a bender right now? Or is this something that they can continue to sustain? Yeah, there is some shooting percentage to it. And, you know, you're not going to outscore teams 6-1, to one, I believe it is, that Adam Lowry, Mason Appleton, and Nino Niederreiter have done since being put together. That's an incredible lead in goals. You're getting goals. Mason Appleton scoring, Adam Lowry scoring, Nito Niederreiter is driving play and contributing offense as well. Um, they're having some really dominant zone time, though. So their shot attempts through the roof, their expected goals through the roof, their zone time and their cycle play has been really excellent. Some of this will be the fact that we're only talking about five or six games, and some of those games are against teams like the Sharks and the Predators and what have you. But they've been on fire. They've spent so much of the game in the offensive zone. Not 6-1. Not we're going to outscore the other team 6-1 forever. Um, but they've been well worthy of at least some of that offense. And the way they're going to the net, you could see them getting a little bit more too. Just from a covering the team standpoint, how excited are you to have a playoff game with fans in the stands? Oh, so excited. I One of the first things I thought when you, you know asked me to come on was, I'm just so happy for the listeners to your show, to the readers of my articles, the people that we interact with sort of online and in, in sports media every single day. I mean, this is what fans cheer for. We saw Canada Life Center come to life over this recent homestand where every shop block seemed to get cheered. Uh, a successful penalty kill would get applause. That line of shifts against Nashville where it was shift after shift in the offensive zone, that got a standing ovation. And I think Jets fans are ready. They were put through some pain when Winnipeg was struggling. And I just can't wait to see what the atmosphere is like, what the noise is like, and what they're able to bring. I think it's been uh, a hard work being a fan for a couple of months of this season, um, based on what I hear anyhow. And, and I'm just so excited to see what, uh, what they're capable of. And then, of course, for us, get to cover you know high-quality hockey. The first round is one of the best times of year. And, uh, and yeah, I'm excited for that, too. Now, if it's Vegas, we're going to have some late uh, start times. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure. Uh, there's going to be some pregame naps. I don't know what your rituals are, but yeah, I'm going to be having midday sleeps if that's the case. Will you be able to travel with the team or are you going to be here either way? I'll be traveling. So yeah, happy nice. to say I'll be covering the road games and home games from, from within the buildings. We've got a playoff travel budget going and uh, you know, whether it's Vegas or Edmonton, I'll be there.
okay, so I'll get you out of here on this. For you as a person going to these cities, do you want to go to Edmonton or do you want to go to Las Vegas? <laughs> you know what? Uh, this might be the, the boring answer, but I like Edmonton a lot. We're looking at one flight, no border, no customs, a little bit smoother of a, of a, of a transport situation, I guess. Um, and you got the hotel right attached to the rink, I think, depending on what rates are. It's a, it's an easier experience, I think, for a reporter. Of course, both cities uh, have their own charms, and both rinks are first class. Snacks are good. You know what I mean? I think whatever makes Jets fans happy is what I what I would cheer for, though. I, I'll tell you that much. I think there'll be a decent contingent traveling to either one because of the reasons you just laid out. Murat, appreciate your time. Thanks for this, and uh, look forward to seeing you at the rink coming up. Love it. Thanks, Christian. That's Murat Atesh. You can find his great work on The Athletic, traveling with the team. Awesome to hear for the Stanley Cup playoffs, which will begin next week in either Las Vegas or Edmonton for the Winnipeg Jets. I am with him 100% that the Jets would much rather face Vegas. I think Vegas is more gettable than the Edmonton Oilers are. I think the Oilers are better now. They went made the West Final last year. I think they're learning, and I think they're just red hot. While Vegas has been playing decent, but just not... It's just not the same. I think Edmonton's the team you don't want to face. But, hey, the Jets aren't going to complain whoever they end up facing. They're going to feel like they can win it as long as Connor Hellebuck's between the pipes and playing the way he has been. So, Well, let's turn our attention back to hockey now and the Winnipeg Ice, who have been off for some time waiting for their second-round series to begin. They're taking on the Moose Jaw Warriors starting Friday night. It's been exactly one week. It's been one week since the ice finished off the Tigers in Medicine Hat in round one. They swept their opening round matchup, waited a while to see who they'd face in round two. It's Moose Jaw. We've since learned in a series that begins Friday at the Ice Cave. To preview it all, I talked with ice forward Connor Geeky of Strathclair, Manitoba earlier today and started by asking him how ready he is to go after going so long without game action. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, I'm pretty excited myself. I think, you know, we just, we want to get to, get to playing. And I think, you know, all the guys could agree with me. What kind of challenge will Moose Jaw pose to your team? Yeah, I think, you know, they're, they're a good, hardworking team. You know, I, I give them credit, but I think, you know, for us, it's just about playing our game. I think, um, you know, we play, uh, we have some similar play styles in, uh, in both our games, but I think, you know, for us, it's just locking up our D zone and, you know, just trying to be the best we can for sure. How would you say the, your team was able to take care of business in round one? What was the difference from your perspective? Yeah. You know, I think for us is, uh, you know, I, I do give Matt Hat credit. I think, you know, they're, like I said, they're, you're young, they're hardworking and, you know, they don't really give up. So, um, you know, the first two games were actually every game was really cl- close, right? It was just a hard fought battle. I think, you know, we found the back of the net, um, you know, on our chances. And um, for me, probably the biggest thing was just, you know, we never gave up. I think in the last game, um, you know, it's always the hardest game to close out, right? Is, uh, is game four. So, you know, we really worked hard on that and, um, you know, tried to bear down on our D zone. So you played Moose Jaw last year in the second round as well. You won in five games. Does that experience prepare you at all for having to face them again? Yeah, for sure. I think, um, you know, they're, they're definitely a different team and I think so are we, I think, 
um, you know, it's just one of those things where you, you go into every series and you're just looking to play your best hockey. I think that's kind of what we've done um, here as of late. We're not trying to really bring up, you know, how we how we played against them last year or anything. It's uh, it's a new year, new us. And I think, you know, we've really put in the work in practice and in video and um, we're just really excited to play them. And we know they will be a good test for us for sure. From your perspective, how would you say your, your season has gone? Yeah, I think for sure it's it's been good. It's been a lot of fun. I think with the group of guys we have and our team success, it's it's been you know second to none. It's been probably the most fun I've had playing hockey uh, in a long, long time. Especially with the group of guys we have and our our veterans, you know, that are twenty this year are obviously great guys as well. I think um, you know it's the game of hockey. <laughs> I guess I, I enjoy playing it, whether you know I'm having a good season or not. I guess winning makes it pretty fun, doesn't it? Yeah, no, it definitely helps out. I think, you know, my success obviously is, uh, you know, it's a big factor. Uh, sorry, our team is a big factor in my success. And I think, uh, you know, I'll always uh, always tell people that. I think when you play on a team like like I have, it, it makes it a lot easier to put the puck in the net. And, uh, you know, when you give it to guys that can score, it, it helps a lot. Have you, it, now that you're drafted, been paying attention at all to what the Coyotes have been up to this season on the ice? Do you, do you watch them if you can, or, or are you just focusing on the ice? Yeah, for sure. I mean, um, I'd say I watch, you know, a decent amount of hockey. So anytime they got a game on, uh, you know, I'll put it on the TV. I wouldn't say, uh, you know, I'm really too focused on, you know, what's happening all the time, but, um, you know, definitely checking in and, you know, seeing how things are doing out there. Do you have a rooting interest in the Stanley Cup playoffs coming up now that you have a team dra- that drafted you or are you just all coyotes now? Yeah, I think, um, you know, it's, it's one of those things. I was never a big, uh, I want, I don't want to say hockey fan, but I never really had a favorite team growing up. So, um, obviously my brother's in the playoffs, so I think, you know, rooting for him, um, you know, seeing how far he could go and how much success he could have is probably, uh, will be my main focus this playoffs. Back to what your team has done so far, who's been, in your opinion, maybe a guy who's flown under the radar a bit and hasn't gotten the credit that maybe someone like you or Savoy or Benson has got? Yeah, I think there's a lot of guys like that on our team, and I think that's what makes us so good, right? I think, um, you know, guys like Evan Friesen, uh, you know, have really stepped up their game, and I think Ben Zalotti has always been a very special player, uh, just watching him, and uh, Daniel Hauser in that, uh, you know, it's always, you always got a lot of faith when he's back there, I think it's, and him and him and Mason Bopit as well, um, you know, those are those are two key parts to our, our lineup, but like I said, it's, I wouldn't say it's, you know, one guy that's flown under the radar. I think, you know, there's, there's a lot of credit to give out in our team and, um, you know, I will never, ever, uh, you know, take that away from them. I think they're great hockey players and, you know, that's, like I said, that's what makes our team so good. And uh, Daniel yesterday named the, uh, the East division nominee for goalie of the year. What do you think uh, his odds are of winning that trophy and what has he meant to your team? Yeah, I mean, obviously, I guess you could say uh, I'm pretty biased. Um, you know, I think he's he's an incredible, incredible goalie. You know, he's set franchise records. He's set, uh, 
you know, maybe some league records, I don't even know, but, um, you know, I know in practice we have a tough time scoring on him and he's, uh, he's one of a kind. He's, he's a great guy. And, you know, his, his show or his play shows on the ice. He's, he's a very good goalie. And, uh, you know, I think he, I obviously am rooting for him, you know, for the trophy, but I know, uh, you know, we're not done yet, uh, type, of type of mentality for him as well. Well, Connor, appreciate your time tonight. Thanks for this. And uh, best of luck as you keep going in the playoffs. Thank you. Appreciate it. Connor Geeky of the Winnipeg Ice as they open round two against the Moose Jaw Warriors Friday night at 7 o'clock at Wayne Fleming Arena. Game two is Saturday at 6 o'clock. Games three and four, Tuesday, Wednesday next week. If there is a game five, it would be here in Winnipeg on Saturday the 22nd. And a seventh game would be here Wednesday, April 26th. I wouldn't think that wouldn't be necessary. You never know, but the ice are a buzzsaw. I would think they'll take care of Moose Jaw. But you never know in playoff hockey. Well, thank you very much for listening to the CJOB Sports Show podcast. If you like what you heard, guess what? You can hear more every weeknight on CJOB from 6.30 to 9 p.m. Of course, that is when the Jets are not playing because if the Jets are playing, then I don't have a show, but I'll be part of the pre- and post-game coverage. Anyway, thanks again for tuning in. Subscribe if you'd like. We're available on iTunes and other places I'd imagine. So farewell until we meet again. And thanks for all the fish So sad that it should come to this We try to warn you over the day You may not share our intellect 